Hi everyone, welcome to the TBD Podcast. My name is Heath Monsma. And I'm James Catanzaro. And this week we have Miss Roldan, uh, who's an AP U.S. History teacher at Pioneer High School. We both had her and really enjoyed her class. Um, we found her to be really interesting and engaging, and we wanted to learn more about her. So we sat down with her to find out things about her teaching style and who she is. And we actually got to um, interview her before COVID happened. I think it was in late February, so just before school shut down. So it was really nice to actually sit down face to face with her um, after class. And yeah, it was a really fun interview. We got to know a lot about Miss Rodan. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. All right, Miss Rodan. So uh, we'd like to start from the beginning. Um, we just want to know uh, where you grew up and how your town kind of shaped your childhood oh. overall. Oh, boy. We know it's, it's a loaded question, but. <laughs> Um, so, well, I was born in 1975, mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, I grew up actually in Birmingham, Birmingham, Michigan, not Alabama. I feel like Ann Arbor people don't always know where Birmingham is. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, so we would say it's like at 14 mile, uh, 14 miles outside of Detroit on Woodward. Birmingham is in Oakland County, and it's a very affluent, affluent place. Mm -hmm. So normally when I tell people that I'm from Birmingham, they automatically... Like, oh, oh, and sometimes, like, you know, stick their nose up. But the truth is that um, <clears throat> actually before we lived in Birmingham for six months, I lived in a trailer in uh, Rochester, uh, and then we moved to Birmingham. I think my parents bought our house for $22,000, and it's about maybe 700 square feet. So uh, I lived, as one of the women that I used to babysit for said, I lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. She was taking me home one night, and she said, you do know that you live on the wrong side of the tracks, don't you? And I sort of rather pathetically said, yes, I do, which now I wish I had said something much more aggressive. Um, but so, so my parents got divorced in 1984, and my mom um, did not have any money and had to go back to school. She did not have a college degree, nor did my dad, actually, but... Um, so my parents got divorced, and because of that, um, my mom was working at um, like a child care center. She made $5 an hour for um, probably from when I was in third grade to when I was um, maybe, it, maybe like sixth or seventh grade. So my sister and I both received a free lunch, and in Birmingham, we were probably one of three people who did. Mm -hmm. I can think of the other two. Um, and so um, that we were never like on food stamps because we had family that could help us, but we we had a free lunch and we had very little for a long time. So I think that being um, quite quite um, I would say I would say I think poor would be the right word, mm -hmm. um, but living in a town like Birmingham uh, was like a double whammy because no one else around me was poor. And so it shaped who I was because I think I've grown up feeling um, like um, maybe on the side of the underdog, if you will, right? Feeling and also feeling very um, sensitive about issues of equality and about um, class mm -hmm. and feeling um, like I'll never go back to Birmingham. Oddly enough, I did live there for a year <laughs> for a blip in my life again, uh, but that I would never return to that. And I certainly wouldn't treat people the way that I was treated because everyone in the school knew that my sister and I and the two other people were in the predicament that we were in, right? right. And so, um, and also just really valuing, I think, what my mom did to get us out of that position. Um, so, you know, growing up and, and recognizing like privilege and, and, and snottiness, if you will, 
like on a very large scale. And then I went to high school in Royal Oak after my mom became a teacher, and that was much more manageable at okay. that moment. And, pe and people were more like us at that point. So you, you went to elementary school in Birmingham. Elementary and middle school. And that was public school? Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So there were mm -hmm. still... There was still big difference even oh, in the public schools. I mean, there was like a ski club and right. a you know a yacht club, and yeah. everyone belonged to a pool. And uh, you know, Somerset is right there, and so yeah. people people had things that. I mean, one of the saddest stories now is that you know I think about when when in the '80s the big toy at Christmas was a Cabbage Patch Kid, and oh my god, I'm gonna cry thinking about this. And and I wanted a Cabbage Patch doll so badly, you know, I would have cut my arm off for it. And my mom could only afford like a knockoff Cabbage Patch Kid. And so, of course, like Christmas morning, the life drains from my face when I see like the fake Cabbage Patch Kid. Because I don't know if you know what they look like, but they have a hard face, right? Well, mine was like the soft doll. And, and, and I realize now that how sad for my mom that that was all she could get me. And she tried and I was so disappointed. Like how terrible of a child am I at this moment? But um, so, so, yeah, so everyone around me at the public school because the private schools would even have been maybe like Marion. I mean, you don't most people just go to public school in Birmingham because mm -hmm. they're they were considered so good, you know, that sort of conversation wasn't even there, yeah. right? Um and and so I went to Birmingham for elementary, middle. I also was held back in 3rd grade, so that has an, <laughs> another layer to everything else that I was already going through. Um and and then you know, and then I went to Royal Oak for high school for those four years because that's where my mom ended up working. So we just moved like a town over. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, I was like kind of embarrassed I was moving to Royal Oak, quite honestly, um, because I was sort of like putting on the airs that I should be in Birmingham. You know, it's the reason I straightened my hair every day for seven years is because everybody there has blonde straight hair and I had this bizarre, you know, whatever I have, Maine. Um, and, and so then we went to high school in Royal Oak. I went to high school in Royal Oak. And as like I said, that was much more sort of mainstream. And in fact, there, it was interesting because like in, in none of those students grew up with like a pool in their middle school. Those students didn't belong to country clubs. Mm -hmm. And so, and I hadn't, but I had swam because it had been at my middle school because I had grown up in Birmingham. And so when I got to Royal Oak, I actually really noticed the difference in just that, you know, one town over in what they have, the resources that they had in Birmingham, um, both like on a personal level and at school compared to what Royal Oak had. Yeah. So although you noticed those like discrepancies, mm -hmm. obviously between the public school kids mm -hmm. and you, I mean, mm -hmm. it feels like two different worlds. Mm -hmm. But when you go to high school, do you think that like the elementary school and middle school, just being around those Birmingham kids kind of changed you at all? Or did you, did you still feel... Did you still, still feel those, mm -hmm. you know, big differences? I, I would say yes, because I, to be quite honest, the kid, and this is going to sound so sad, and every, I don't mean to elicit sympathy. Um, the kids in Birmingham were so mean to me um, that uh, it made, it sort of hardened me. Mm -hmm. And so you might notice now that I'm quite, um, I can be quite defensive, yeah. right? And, and so because I was picked on for so long, I wasn't going to let that happen again. So by the time I got to Royal Oak, I was kind of, kind of a, um, a very large mouth, so to speak, right? I was voted class most assertive. I think I told you this, and they put a piece of tape over my mouth. Um, and so because I had been, I felt like I wasn't going to be a victim anymore. And, and so by the time I got to Royal Oak, I probably could have had a better high school experience had I relaxed just a little bit. And, and again, ha having worried about being um, um, competing with those kids for so long, um, with clothes like guest jeans and Keds and K Swiss yeah. and you know I know the brands like you know, <laughs> um, then that I had I held on to that so much that when I got to high school I had sort of 
I think worked myself up to a point where I was very, I was so rigid that I, again, was incredibly defensive. So if anyone sort of looked at me, um, you know, with a nasty look, I immediately was very, like, on guard. Right. Did that affect your studies at all then? (laughs) Oh, the studies. Um, I mean, I think, you know, and here's the other thing. Again, God, this is so sad. Um, You know, I think also being held back, I mean, that does tremendous damage. That's why I'm, like, totally opposed to this reading bill that they've had about, you know, holding kids back in third grade if they can't read at a certain level. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was held back, and then my reading turned around, and that's never been, you know, my writing, my reading. My math, of course, never recovered. Um, But I would say that having been held back really um, made it so that uh, I always sort of felt like well maybe I'm just not that smart or I'm smart in these in these things right and so I would be in a remedial math class but I would maybe be in a you know I don't know a a higher level English or or history although turns out I had AP history in my history at my high school I don't even remember it and I wasn't in it (laughs) so anyway uh so yeah I would say absolutely I mean I don't think I you know I think I just sort of studied less and didn't always do my homework because um, I was sort of used to not achieving. Does that, if that make that sense? That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't until my junior year in college when I realized that I could get all A's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went to Western for college. At that I point, did. did you know that you had a passion for history? Did you know that you wanted um, yeah, I knew I wanted. I knew that I had a passion for history, but I wouldn't have never considered being a teacher at that moment. Like it wasn't even because my mom was one and. I left high school thinking, why would I ever go back mm-hmm. to a high school? And my mom would say, yes, you should. Um, but I went, and actually, I liked my psych class in high school so much that I majored in psychology thinking I would be a therapist. Um, uh, and so I took history classes, but it wasn't until um, the year 2001 when I decided I would be a history teacher. Right. In, mm-hmm. in 2001... Where are you? Where are things? I am in, I am married. Mm-hmm. I am probably pregnant with Sophia. At, and I'm 26, I think. And um, I had decided that uh, I had gotten a job right out of school and it was just not, you know, it was sort of just something to do and not something I was going to stick with. So I knew I had to go back to school and then it was just sort of the idea, why would I go back into psychology when I love history so much. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember the moment I said to myself, I should really just be a history teacher. And at that time, enough time had passed from me actually being a high school student that I was like, I could probably go back to a high school. I might like it more the second time. Yeah, so kind of, you know, going back to college, you're Uh the first two years. I mean, it seems kind of left out of the picture. (laughs) History history interest starts to take Uh place junior year, or just school in general starts to take place junior year. So what's going on those (laughs) first two years of college? We we all want to know, Ms. Roland. You have any advice? Oh, oh my God, yes. Don't schedule an 8 o'clock class if you can't get up at 8 Mm o'clock. Yeah, I mean, that was that and... I mean, I look back and I think, what on earth was I thinking? I would sign up for classes and then I would get there and I, would, I wouldn't I would go to some of them. I went to anthropology seven times. I mean, what, are, what was I thinking? I, I mean, I think at that moment I, I needed someone, and, and, and I'm sure by now Western is, a, is much better at this, but I needed somebody to help me decide what were appropriate classes for a freshman and then to, to understand that I didn't have to just not go, that I could actually drop and change the class. And instead I would sit there and I would struggle or I would, and the, the weird thing is I actually never failed a class, but I also didn't do very well in some of them. I got what was like the equivalent of like a C minus. 
Um, again, going seven times does that. But I um, just wasn't very smart or savvy about, you know, don't take a, you know, eight o'clock Sarah in Kalamazoo when it's below freezing <laughs> for most of January and you are not going to get out of bed. Right. And so those things that I should have known to do differently, I didn't until much later. Mm -hmm. um, and also like, you know, National Park sounds really great on paper, but it was not that great in yeah. class. <laughs> so um, lessons like that, you know, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I had a tr I had I was very I feel very fortunate that Western um, let me in and didn't um, kick me out at one point. Uh, and and I had a I had an amazing experience. I would go if I could go back for a day and do anything in my life, it would be to go back there mm -hmm. for just one day. Mm -hmm. So, we can flash forward now. <laughs> Let's go to 2001. Okay, and 2001. Mm -hmm. getting back into teaching, figuring yes. out mm -hmm. that this sure. is really what you want to do. Sure. So mm -hmm. what are your stages? What's your, what's your thought process going through saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to get mm -hmm. back into teaching. I'm going to go back to high school. Or was it was mm -hmm. a college professor? Was it you know, elementary? The, I did actually. My original goal was, I, and I think you know, to this day, probably what I would really like to do is be a college professor. Mm -hmm. um, but when I took, uh, when we were still, before we moved to New Jersey, uh, we, I went, took a couple classes at Wayne State, actually one of my favorite classes at Wayne State, and then I had a labor, um, a labor class, and uh, that professor told us that for every one application they get, there are, I'm sorry, for what, every one job they have open, they get something like over 600 applicants. And I think there is a part of me, and I think, it, you know, and I, you know, I, and I know that I've read a lot of really smart women say that women do this more than men, which is that I immediately was like, I can't compete with that. So I should be, and not to say that this is, it's not admirable or that it's, you know, not on par with being a college professor, but that there would be a greater opportunity for me to get a job as a classroom teacher, a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. And I knew it would be that because I knew what level I would want to teach, the kind of American history I would want to teach. Um, and so I kind of immediately gave up on the idea of getting a PhD and that I would instead, you know, gear it towards um, high school. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that your psychology background helped you at all with dealing with AP students? You have a, what's known to many sophomores as a stressful class. Their oh, first yes. AP. Yeah, their <laughs> first oh. AP. Right. Um, you know what? I wish I could say yes more than I really feel in, in my heart. I, Western's um, psychology school was behavioralist, which means that they don't really believe um, – it's like Skinner, right? It's like they don't believe in private events, and so everything is driven by reinforcement you know, some sort of external factor. So I had a rat that I would train to, I would have to shock him, you know, if he, did. yeah, it was, it was kind of awful. I called him Stuart Little and I wore gloves to move him because I didn't want to touch Stuart. But anyway, um, so I think that in that sense, um, I, it, it, it doesn't really, I mean, I suppose in some ways rewards, if I say, hey, you know, here's five points extra credit, that sure seems to drive people, right? Mm -hmm, right. Um, but I, I, I would say social work had I social work was my minor and actually at the end of the day I, I really feel like I enjoyed those classes much much more they also had a bunch of women in it that reminded me of myself or my mom or, or kind of people would come from where I came from um, and uh, and so I think maybe in so sort of like 
talking to people one-on-one -on -one and trying to you know help them on some level but I have to say I don't I don't really remember a lot of the because I only had a bachelor's in it I wasn't at a point where I could necessarily like counsel anyone right. do you know what I mean yes so I think that that those sorts of things I taught a class called peer at Huron and studying for that class and getting ready for that class actually probably did more for me maybe in in this sense in this classroom than than what the psych thing did but again the social work probably more so but I, I always I often wonder like you know am I saying the right thing is this going to make this student more upset right you know um, and there's so many limits you know in terms of like what we can say to you guys and you know do you want a hug that's that can be really problematic and yeah. so we there's always those boundaries and so you know and we want to make you feel better but at the same time there's so many restrictions and as there should be but also again I would say I, I often wonder sometimes like is this really helpful. Do you think those restrictions have changed since you were in high school? Do you think students have gotten softer? The rules of what you can say to a student have, I mean, tightened up? Mm, I mean, I, we had a math teacher at my high school that got mad at us and never spoke again for the rest of the year. So, yeah, never talked once again. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would say things have changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really remember other than that anyone saying anything like really like, ooh, that's, you know, yeah. probably shouldn't have said that. Um, I definitely think yes, things have changed. I mean, you got your grade and you kept it, and there was there was not power school, and right. so those arguments didn't happen. And you know, my mom went to conferences, and she, you know, um, it was like this is how she's doing, and you know, there was, and there wasn't like my mom didn't say that can't be true. I mean, she was like, of course, that's how she's doing. Um, <laughs> that's who she is. Um, but you know, I, we just sort of, we didn't, and we didn't see our grade until it was sort of like maybe like the interim or, you know, interim or whatever it is. Um, and so we, we weren't constantly, I also worried about it because we didn't see it. Right. So I kind of also just knew what, how I had done. I knew I was late on that, or I knew that that paper was probably really good. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so there was I, people, I don't, I don't remember my friends ever talking about being upset or worried about anything like this uh, about school at all right. and we were all going to go to college that was just a given and and there was no it was all sort of like we had in our mind where we were going to go most people went to Michigan State from my high school and they still do I'm sure and then I wanted to go somewhere where no one else was really going and so there was like a handful of us that went to Western because I would say 70% went to Michigan State mm -hmm. and it was like we were going to go but we weren't we weren't worried about where we were going and mm -hmm. that that point wasn't competitive and you know I don't know. I think power school has a lot to do with that. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it would be better without power school? I, you... Oh, yes. Yes. Of course I do. Mm -hmm. Heath, you know me. Of course yes, I do. I, yes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's stressful on our end, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I, I'm sure grades are higher overall because of power school. Because right. it's so, you know, the constant, you know, I just saw my grade. How can this be? Yeah, mm -hmm. the notifications. You know? Yes. The, yes. you got a C- minus mm -hmm. on this test. Yes. And, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think it gives students a certain... Like motivation, though, having seeing something that they're not satisfied with you know, every time so they open funny, their phone and then yes, wanting to I work mean, harder at it. Well, but if you're like me, um, and I think that you know maybe this does go back to the behavioralism. I just would stop looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I don't look at certain things that upset me, so I just won't look. You know, I mean, if I get an email from, I mean, I read my emails that I get here, but you know, in my personal life, or I avoid things like that. And so I would avoid it. Mm -hmm. And so I think in some cases, kids avoid it, and it gets worse, because they can see it. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. 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 yeah totally. You so know. If you were to summarize your teaching philosophy, would you say that you're more of a 
educator and you wish you were more of an educator and less of a counselor? Absolutely. Well, oh, well, well, I don't I don't want to imply that I wish I was less of a counselor because I wish kids were because you know, I mean, I wish there was less to counsel because I do think we're all sort of stressed out and there's a lot of anxiety and things like that. Um, I mean, I feel it in myself over the last, you know, five or six years or whatever. Sure. Um, but uh, I I wish I had to counsel less about grades, is, right. if that's what you're asking. Yes, that's what yes, I'm yes. I mean, I, you, I mean, I believe in teaching and learning, and I, and I, and I often feel like, and I'm sure you guys think I've probably said this before, but if people just trust me and trust the process, I promise I will get you there if you meet me halfway. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Um, and so uh, I wish that we didn't. I wish there was no grade. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish it was just skill and learning and, you know, having fun. Right, right. As much as we can. Yeah, yeah. But without grades, how can you how can you ensure, ensure like attendance? I mean, that's just. <laughs> oh, ensure attendance. You know, or anything. Well, you know, we that's can't just, ensure, but right, but we can't how... ensure attendance anyway because of grades. We can't penalize anyone for I mean, right. Right. You can't. That, right. That's different at Pioneer and, than and, other schools, right? Well, no, so. it's, it's that's a I believe that's an Ann Arbor rule, and I will say I that know. that is a big change because when I was in high school, I remember very well, and believe it or not, I was only I was tardy one time in four years. Um, late on homework sometimes, but never tardy because I don't like getting in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. But in, at my high school, you lost three tardies equaled like a half a grade. And unexcused, or yeah, unexcused absences, oh boy. I mean, you'd get, you would, you would your grade would suffer. Mm -hmm. And we don't do that here. Right, right. Do you think that that, do you think Pioneer should? Do you think that that You know, I, I have, I have, I don't know. I don't, I think, um, I think the problem now, and this probably goes back to power school, is that people um, are, I think there's inequity there, and I'm, I think I'm afraid to go there because I, I, I'm afraid of, you know, sort of will, will certain absences be excused and certain ones not, and then are we getting into a position where people are able to miss and it's excused because, I, yeah, I, it's probably at this point not the solution, no. Sure. Yeah, I think it's just too much of a case-to-case a -case basis. Yeah. It, it would be mm -hmm. too hard to... Yeah. to regulate yeah. one solid rule over yeah. 2,100 right. different students' family situations. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and at Pioneer, mm -hmm. just I, we understand that you like it here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we hope so. Says, right? <laughs> and um, in comparison to Huron, where you were previously, yes. mm -hmm. um, what were some differences you noticed between oh, those two? Without. Well, I mean, I think the, and, and, and let me say that I also love Huron. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I went to high school, so I don't need to, like, judge high schools. Do you know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah. this is my job. Um, right. I, uh, I think, obviously, the big difference was, is the IB to, you know, the fact that now I have the AP again. And mm -hmm. so that, that's different. Um, I mean, you know, I, kids are kids. And so, I, you know, I had, you know, you guys were great. My kids the year before were great. My kids right now are great. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all in our classrooms all day, so it's not like your sort of typical working environment. So, I mean, I, there are, you know, I made fast friends here, um, you know, fellow teachers and, and there. Uh, so there, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think there are tons of differences at all. Maybe yeah. really small ones mm -hmm. but I mean the curriculum is a is a big difference sure. yeah um, and and it and I also want to say I like IB um, but uh, you know when I had the opportunity I took this opportunity so it was actually also not a um, anything against IB actually you know t teaching the rise of dictators like who doesn't want to do that yeah mm -hmm. so yeah 
Was here on your first star as a teaching job? Or? Oh, actually, no. I taught for oh, I taught for one semester at a at a school called Arts Academy in the Woods, <laughs> and it was an arts. It's a it's a public charter, I believe. Is so it wasn't a charter charter. It was a public charter, and it's part of the Fraser School District, which is like on the east side. Well, to me, it's on the east side, um, and all the kids there were all there for some sort of like visual art or performance art. And then, you know, there was me. But I would say that uh, the, the the thing about that is I had five different preps. Wow. Five. Yeah. I mean, I taught, I think I taught, I did, I taught econ. I mean, what is that? Right? That, is, <laughs> that should be a crime. Um, and uh, I had to be like a community assistant was one of our roles, like during one, maybe like our prep. I can't remember. I think I had an hour off and I had to have like a walkie talkie. And then I did have some sort of planning. But again, like I really liked those kids too. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, but it was different. And um, the pay was not great and the situation was not great. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Huron opened up at the middle of the year. And uh, they needed a long-term sub. So I actually quit an actual teaching job to gamble that I would get that job um, in the end. Yeah. So I guess there I believed in yeah. myself. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was not like the 600 applicants. And then I got it. So yeah. So that's how I ended up there. Yeah. So and I student taught at Pioneer. So that's yeah. how I had my sort of my in, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from there all yes. the way to... All the way to 2019 school year at Pioneer. Mm -hmm. I just want to know kind of if you've you've grown at all through teaching necessarily. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Like Mm -hmm. what have you learned about being a teacher and students and just how to figure out Mm -hmm. how to connect with these Mm -hmm. kids and just Mm -hmm. give them the best learning experience they can really get? I mean, you mean connect with them like as a teacher or you mean like on an emotional level or you just mean like my teaching? Just your teaching. teaching Yeah, how it's grown Um, over the years. I think, well, I look back to some of the things I did at the beginning and I went, oh, that's such a bad idea. What was I thinking? Um, I would would credit the Reading Apprenticeship Program that um, I start, you know, started maybe my second year at Huron, and then I did the RAISE program, which is essentially like a literacy program, and that's, you know, when I talk about talking to the text and all the annotation and that I make you guys, you know, drive me crazy with, <laughs> yeah. and all those things. But I have, I, you know, I, I will say that I constantly think about what I'm doing and how I could do it better, and sometimes, like, I just think, what if I want them to learn this one thing tomorrow, what is the best way to get them to do that? And then I go from there, and, and generally, you know me, I don't like a quiet class room it's I'm really uncomfortable with that and so if I'm and I also feel like I can't assess you on anything I haven't taught you mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm I try to be very deliberate in like my scaffolding of all the skills that I need you to learn and modeling and things like that but I want you know I want it to be exciting as much as I can but it's again I, I would say I really have thought over the years not doing things that I would call maybe kind of old school if you will like never questions at the back of the book or any you know sort of like that yeah. uh, and very much you know, driven by text, te- different kinds of texts, and then you guys creating your own understanding of that text. You know, I think about, okay, if I need you guys to learn this concept, so today we're talking about like westward expansion. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna find a bunch of different primary sources, pictures, political cartoons, and we're gonna do some table work, and then from there we're gonna create this big list, you know, what co- what's, what were the causes, what were the effects, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I lecture less than mm-hmm. I used to. I yeah. still lecture. But I, I, I lecture a lot less than I used to. Um, and so much is with that document camera. I mean, I feel like if you gave me a pencil, a, a board, a, and, a, and a marker, and that camera, that document camera, we're good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, good. If I can just say, I enjoy your lectures more than any other teacher Aww. I've ever had. Oh, yeah. thank 
thank you, Heath. That's so sweet. Yeah. Now I'm like, I should lecture more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just sometimes feel like uh, it's an easy way to get a lot of information in. And I definitely like it when I have a good, like, you know, a good story to tell, right. um, you know, something about Lincoln or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, and I enjoy it. It is, I have found though that I, as I'm getting older, it's, I'm physically exhausted after five lectures of the same thing. Like, it's yeah. really hard. It's, 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 I found at the beginning of the year, and maybe it was because it was the beginning of the year, so summer was over. But I almost found like I was short on breath. I was like, oh my God, this is going to kill me. I'm better at that now. But it is, you know, people have, people are sort of saying lecture's bad. Mm -hmm. Now, historians say that's ridiculous. And when you go to college, that's pretty much what it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do look for opportunities within there to do to do different things. But again, it's like, what do they need to know? What's the best way for them to get it? That's not me spoon feeding it to them, mm -hmm. but also making them think and, you know, we go from there. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So um, just to kind of wrap it up, yes. we want to go back to high school really quickly and just, mm -hmm. is there anything from high school or more broad, just your childhood, anything that shapes the type of person you are and the type of teacher you are today? <laughs> is there any lessons you learned that... Oh. That's you, mm. I know you just you yeah. talk about yeah, yeah. Connect, I mean, getting with the students work. and yeah, the social work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can say that the, that one of the, you know, you know how I have a, like, I don't let things go, right? Like when I, when you do things, I want you to know that you did them. Right. I, I will say that I won't get into it, but I know there are times when I've said things, I especially remember my favorite teacher in, in high school, Mrs. Bennett. And, and I said something to her once and, and she did, it was, I didn't intend for it to be um, rude, but it was rude. And she said to write back to me, essentially that what I had said was rude, and I've never forgotten it, and I have always felt so badly about that. And, you know, I think I, I'm always saying I, I do want you to care about your character, you know, and how you treat other people. And there are moments when I think back, and, you know, there's probably a couple people I should apologize to. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, high school I, I spent sort of trying to fight everyone's fight, and you know, defend all of these people. In the, at one time when I was in the principal's office, <laughs> one of the times, I was suspended twice my senior year. I don't know if I ever told you guys that. Um, yeah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so <laughs> one time he said, Sarah, you have to, like, let this things go. You have to. You cannot fight everyone's battle. And I, and I would say, and I, I realize I sound like some sort of, like, I'm trying to be, like, a savior. But it does, I think because of my growing up, I hate to see people picked on, and I, I, it just eats at me. You know, I hate to see um, like somebody be, be victimized, and so that, so I think I carry that over to the, you know, to the classroom, and also I think you know recognizing that we all don't learn the same way, and I was held back in third grade for a certain reason, you know, because I at the time apparently wasn't reading, and you know my math skills, like I said, have always been unfortunately abysmal, and God, if there's anything I wish I could change, it would be that. Um, and so I, as, as kids in my classroom, I recognize kids learn differently, you know, and that you might not be the class genius today, but it doesn't mean that in five years from now, you know, people think I'm smart yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And, and at the time, I'm, you know, I'm sure if you'd pulled people, I would, you know, again, class of 1994, most assertive, not like <laughs> most successful <laughs> or most likely to be a doc, you know, I just, so people change and I, and I, I believe in that. But I, I would say that, you know, character and um, and protecting other people's dignity, that is what I, I think I care the most about. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're so yeah, welcome. Great Thank interview. you so Thank much you. for sitting down with us. <laughs> you are so welcome. Thank you for asking me to sit down with both of you because yeah. I do enjoy both of you. Thank you. All right. <laughs>